between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Heaven making a call, heavenly heights in the heaven making the call, heavenly call, heavenly calling. It's the heavenly calling for to seek me. It is the heavenly calling, the heavenly calling, the high calling, the high calling for to seek me. It is the high calling for to see me. It is the high calling for to see me, for to see me, to see me, to see me. The high calling you are called for to see me. You are called to see me. You are called to see me. You are called for to see me. You are called for to see me. You are called for to see me. See me, see me, see me, see me. I, Jesus, I am comfort to see you, for to see you, for to see you, see you, see you, see me, see you. See me is to see you. To 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 see me is to see you. I have your calling is to see me. Your calling is to see me. It will not make sense to the present, but don't be bothered even if they despise you. Don't be bothered even if they think ill of you. For to see me is the goal. To see me is the goal. And to become me is the goal. It is the calling. It is the calling. It is the calling. For it is foolishness to the present. It is great foolishness to the present. For it is the calling. It is the calling. Don't be despised. Don't feel despised. Don't feel shame. For that is the place where varying is. That is the way place where varying lies. But I have come that you may see me and you will not vary. For I vary not. I am not a man that should lie. I am come that you may see me and you would vary not. I have come that you may see me and you would vary not. That as I vary not, you will not vary. That as I vary not and I change not, I want to make you like me. I want to make you like me. It is the heavenly calling. It is the heavenly calling. It is the calling of the height. It is our calling for you. Thank you.
Vemosi Palia Vatosi, Aleke Satabalasi, Kalia Noshte Pali Venota, E Prose Valita, Mavalita, Mavalita, Valia Sopalia Natete, Leo Sopalia Nata, Evrase Palia Setino, Sepenio, Sekelia Papanati, Vetososonti Lakata, Evrase Pelia Namakatalio, Sopalia Natalia, Batalia, Batalia, Elebro Bobobobobobo Sotelia Namakatata, Talia Masotolia, E Preteni, Pretemi, Pretemi, Me Pretete Likete, El Libro Hos. Sotenia manata vakatalia esate tetelite telite telite telia. I am raising those those that will be my abode. Those that will be my abode, my abode. I am raising them for the city is my abode, and I am the source of the city. I am the light of the city. I am everything of the city, and the city is mine. I am raising those that will be of the city. I am raising those that will be of the city, for they are the ones that are raised as a product of the light of my face as the light of my face I have come to shine my face I have come to sign my face I have come to show my face that you will be raised you will be raised the holy Jerusalem unto me that you will be raised the holy city unto me that I will abide that I will abide that I will abide for my tabernacle is with men I am raising the men that I will abide in I am raising the men that I would abide in I am raising the men that I would abide in they are men that are one with me. They are one with me. They are one with me. I am raising my city, my own city, the Hosanna city, the Hosanna city, my own city, my own city that is as a result of my own things, that is a result of my own person, that is a result of my own life, that is a product of my life. I am raising my city. My light is raising my city. My light is raising my abode. Thank you, Father. We give glory to you. Amen. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you for understanding that will come to us this morning. Lord, we open up our hearts to you in meekness and in brokenness, Lord. We ask, Father, come and bless us. Come and cause your words to open up to us and bring clarity, Lord, and bring understanding. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for every heart. I pray you will have mercy on every heart this morning and help us to find positioning in the spirit, Lord, to hear what you have to say. Thank you, our Father. I yield my heart to you. Use my heart. Use my vessel to be under you to speak your word and to bless our hearts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 21. <coughs> Glory to God. Amen. Revelation 21. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and 
a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, <clears throat> and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the, the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the, un, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Praise God. And verse 9, there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, come hither and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, <coughs> descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Praise the Lord. And in verse 22, he says, I saw no temple therein, for, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is, is, is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their what? their glory and honor into it. Praise God. And then, the gates of it shall not be shut all at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Praise God. And they shall in no wise enter into it anything that 
defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written were in, in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. Amen. The, so these nations, say the nations, verse 24. This, these nations are called the nations of them which are saved. Praise the Lord. Shall So the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. So, and then the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor into it. And then the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no what? No night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations. So it's very clear that the glory and honor of the kings, um, verse 24, the glory and honor of the kings of the earth is actually the glory and honor of the, of the nations in verse 26. The glory and honor of the nations in verse 26 is the, is the glory and honor of the kings. So, so the kings are actually, they are the, the kings are the, the glory of the king. You cannot separate the glory of the nations from the glory of the kings. So as a matter of fact, the, glory, the kings are the ones who are the, they are the, they are the embodiment of that of what makes the nations glorious. Praise God. The kings are the word embodiment of what makes the... So, the, so anything that is glorious and honorable in the nations, you will find it in the king. So the king is the um, carry. So if what a whole nation has as glory and honor, you find the same thing in one person called a king. So it means that there is a link between the king, who the king is, praise God, and the summation of the nations, what the nations are. So, and of course, this king, uh, is a kings in plural, praise God, nations in plural. So it's multiple kings, and then you now find multiple nations. So it's king, a king per nation. Praise God. The, is what kings per what? Kings per nation. Kings per nation. Praise the Lord. Um, but each king carries the glory of their nation. All right. So the, the king, if the king has the glory of the nation, then also the king has the, also has the, um, praise God. Like what makes a nation a nation? is the dominion that they are, that, I, that they, the dominion that separates them. Is the dominion that what? That separates them. It's what, what divides nation by nation is actually the, the, the separation, the divergence of dominion, right? It's what makes nation, one nation separate from the other. So, it's what does this nation obey? When you look at the earth currently, um, what separates nations are mainly at laws. Praise the Lord. What, what mainly separates nations are what? Are laws. So it's 
and laws are actually um, law is the is the is the is the document. Law is the document of dominion. Praise the Lord. Law is the word. Is the document of all the the things that that pertain to a dominion. All the the um, the details of what define the definition of a dominion is actually written inside the laws. So if you want to understand the dominion, you have to be able to interpret the law that is given. Praise God. So you, you cannot separate laws, the giving of laws, from the, like in the book of Genesis chapter 49, it says the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh will come. So the, the scepter and the giving of the law, they are together. They actually operate together. The, praise the Lord. The, the purpose of the scepter is the scepter is a symbol of authority behind the setting law. And that is what the, the king is raised to establish. The king is, to, is raised to establish what? To establish a law. Praise God. Um, so in this place, you're seeing that there will be um, there will also, for there to be nations on the earth, it means there will actually be established law which the nations of the earth are obeying. Praise. But the, the purpose of kings, the journey of kings um, is to, you see kings, when you speak of earthly kings, the way kings are positioned on the earth, um, and you see this picture from the eternal picture. You find out that this, in the eternal picture, the way Kings rule or reign in the earth is by is the ability to the ability to fetch laws to fetch laws. So you now find that in the final picture, kings will be reigning on the earth, but they won't be reigning by their own self. They will be reigning through the a what through a connection. They were, they were reigning through what? Through a connection. Because there's something that they going, coming into the city is for to receive something. Praise God. Let's see that again. Um, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. They shall walk in the light of what? Of the cities. It's very clear that these kings... The, the reason for the kings coming into the city is for to fetch light, right? And what are they fetching light for? They are fetching the light which the nations, which they are kings over, will walk in. Verse 24, it says, The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of the city. Do you see that? So, so these kings, they will actually be, have the ability to be able to, to relate and interact with the city. Yes, sir. And the, the relationship with the city is to receive light for the nations of the earth. Do you see that? Yes, they, they receive light for, for what the nations of the earth. Now, there's the, the way they structure the language here also gives us insight into the, the method of obtaining light. Praise God. The method of what? The method of obtaining light is the same kind of technology where you saw, you saw there are certain kings in chapter 4. 
The kings in chapter 4 of Revelation are the elders who are operating at a certain dimension. Praise God. And you find that the elders, they were also fetching light. But the way they are fetching light is by bringing their own glory and honor to the throne, praise the Lord, or to the light source. The act of casting their crown before the throne. And that was casting the crown before the throne and then worship. The the main purpose of of worship is for the transaction of light. At any time, worship, any time light doesn't move, worship hasn't happened. Right, the main reason for worship is to is to trans is to give light. The way you collect light is for worship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So is it what the 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 four living creatures were taking their own light? The elders were receiving their own light. I mean, and when it come to, came to the elders, the the receiving of light had a lot to do with their own dominion. Praise God. So, so actually, there is something about glory and honor. Glory and honor. Praise the Lord. Say glory. Glory. And what? And honor. honor. The way light, the way kings, the way kings are raised, kings are meant, kings of the earth are meant to, they are positioned, they are are raised a certain way to be able to, to move from glory to glory. It's from glory to what? To glory. How do you go from glory to glory? It's by exchanging of glory for another glory. Praise God. So the the power of these kings is is the ability to 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 the clothing and the unclothing of the earth with glory. That is the that is the this eternal work which the kings of the earth will be doing. I don't know if I've made any sense to you. It's for the word the clothing. And the unclothing of the earth with what? With the glory. Exchanging the glory of the earth. That's what the kings will be doing. Exchanging the kings are skilled with that. They have the ability to do that too. A king can wear glory on a nation. Then after a while they can come and change it. Take that glory off. Bring another glory. There, do you get what I'm saying? So even to even be, even, you see, transformation. Right, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to what? Glory. As by who? By the spirit of the what makes us being tra- transformed into the same image from glory to glory. When you behold as in a glass, the word, the glory of the Lord. We beholding as in a glass. We beholding as in a glass. What? The glory of the Lord. Are being what change from what into the same image. From, so the purpose of the transformation from glory to glory is the purchase of image. The way you actually purchase image is from is by changing glories. Praise God. Because what is glory? Glory is the interpreter of image. Glory is the teacher of image. Glory is the interpreter of image. So it's not possible to develop an image without the continuous exchange of what? Continuous exchange of glory. Praise God. We beholding us in a glass. We beholding us in a glass. Praise the Lord. We beholding us where? As in a glass. 
the glory of God are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, beholding us in a glass. So what, that tell, what they are telling you about there in that verse, praise the Lord, is what the angels, sorry, not angels, what the kings, what the nations of the earth in that time will be doing. Um, but that operation is the same kind of operation which saints of today, which you can do. Why? Why can you do? Because of that the Lord is that spirit. Praise God. Say the Lord. The Lord Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, 2 Corinthians chapter what? Chapter 3, verse 17. Where the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Then we're beholding us in a glass. So the first liberty is that the liberty which the spirit of the Lord gives for you is the purpose of the spirit of the Lord is to, is to give liberty for the beholding of the glory of God. Praise the Lord. The purpose of the word spirit of the Lord is to do what? To give liberty for what? Yeah, so the, the liberty which the Spirit of the Lord gives is what we call the liberty. It's actually the liberty of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. Right? It's liberty. Praise the Lord. Of, it's the liberty which if, if those who have come into that law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Romans chapter 8, will make you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. So that law of the Spirit of life in Christ is the liberty is the, is, the, is the law of liberty for the beholding of the word of the glory of God. Does that make any sense to us? Praise. So it means that somebody, anybody who will be able to behold the glory of God will, need, will have to be first set free first. Right. For they are first of all free. It's the first freedom that they will have before they behold another, they begin to seek for another freedom. So the second freedom which they will get is called the, the, what they need to behold in the second lap of freedom is the beholding of the perfect law of liberty, which is different, praise the Lord, from what, from the, praise God, that's the book of James spoke about the perfect law of liberty. So you're looking, talking about two different operations, right? Um, there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ, and he who look at the perfect law of liberty, right? He that continued therein. And it's not a forgetful here about the doer of the work, that the same person shall be what? Blessed in what he does. Praise the Lord. So, there are, so those are two different looking First one is there's a looking first. There's another looking. So it's very clear that the, the law of liberty, the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then that liberty enables you to look. Right? There is liberty. Then the next verse says, then we behold in us in a glass. Does that make sense to you? So the purpose of that first liberty which... You say, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where which Christ has made you free. Stand fast, therefore, 
Praise the Lord. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ had made, had made you free. What was the purpose of standing in that liberty? It's actually standing to, for another beholding. Does that make some sense to you? Praise the Lord. So, so the, the second beholding is also looking, he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. So they are already free in the liberty, they are already standing in the liberty for which Christ had made them free. But they need to now look again into the perfect law of liberty. Amen. Also, looking into the perfect law of liberty is the same thing as beholding us in the glass, the glory of the of God that will make you to be changed from what glory to what to glory praise the Lord so this this looking and transformation and changing um, which is tied to liberty um, is the operation um, that God has designed for souls to come into now on the earth right now the 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 earth is is beings who are right now on the earth are being covered and being held down by dominions praise god that has kept men in bondage to sin and to death amen, amen. so in the book of paul did a lot of work around that area in the book of romans um if you read Romans chapter, chapter 6, he spoke a lot about being made free from sin. Praise God, so that you can become servants of righteousness. And then you should serve righteousness and serve righteousness unto holiness. Praise the Lord. So that freedom from sin, praise the Lord, is actually freedom from a dominion. Or freedom is also deliverance. Praise the Lord. It's also deliverance. So when you think about the Lord is, is that spirit, and the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The liberty is the operation of giving liberty to the soul, is the bringing of deliverance to the soul. Yes, sir. Amen. And what is man delivered from? You've been delivered from sin and death, of course. Praise the Lord. Well, mainly you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Praise the Lord. The Lord, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the dominion into the kingdom of his dear son. So it's, it's very clear, if you look at all these things, you discover that the purpose of looking, the purpose of looking is to dislodge and be delivered from the power of a dominion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The purpose of looking, or what, what I mean by looking, looking means the purpose of beholding another glory. Another image for the purpose of liberty is to be delivered from what? From the, from, you can call it sin, but sin is actually, the sin is the operation of a dominion. That sin should no longer have dominion over you. Have you read that before in, this, in the book of Romans? Praise the Lord. That's, so it means that sin exerts on soul. The way sin operates, you can never see, see sin being in operation and without a dominion at work. Every time a soul sins, it's by, it's by, they are obeying a dominion. Yes, sir. That anything, that any sin a soul does or a soul has, you can trace that sin to an active throne somewhere that is pushing that sin. 
that is making. So, so scenes are actually sponsored by thrones. Praise God. Hey, what did I say? Scenes are what? Scenes are sponsored by thrones. Scenes, every scene has a king somewhere who's, who has who a king who's, who, has, who has dominion, who's a, a king who has resources to ensure and to enforce that certain scenes don't die. Praise God. There are kings on the earth that have authority. Their authority is to make sure that, you see all these scenes, they are said each throne has their own scenes attached to it. Praise the Lord. And, and each, each of those kings, they have their own head. They have their own prince over them, who they respond to and who they report to. So if a throne, maybe his own, the scene which he's, he's overseeing, is reducing on the earth, he has to go and answer. Why? They ask him, okay, what's happening? Your own department, we are seeing that men are no longer doing your things as much. What is going on? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? They have to give account. So, 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 so just to let you know, praise God, amen, that, that there are beings actively making sure that their own customized scene, there are scenes that are customized around certain thrones. And those thrones, when you look at those thrones, they are, praise the Lord, they are actually, they have resources spiritually. They have resources, they have arsenals, they have things that they use to make sure that the scenes that are, that are so it's very clear that the scenes that are affiliated with a throne are actually the the, you want to know what scenes are affiliated with the throne, you have to read the law of that throne. Because the strength of scene is the law. Right? The strength of scene is the law. So every throne, you cannot have, you're seeing things aligning up. You can see throne, then you can see laws. Throne has laws. Preceptor and laws. Scepter, lawgiver. Everyone with a scepter in the spirit is, is what? Lawgiver, they go together. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from where? From between his feet. Praise the Lord. So that's the same way it is with every throne as well. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Amen. So, so you're seeing that there's an organization of darkness. Part of this, the light of the New Testament is to be able to see the organization of darkness in terms of how does the kingdom of darkness perpetuate itself Discover that unless you are able, they are able to unveil the thrones behind darkness, nobody can make any progress against sins. If all you see are sins, you can never overcome sins. If all you see are what sins, or, or a lot of what we even see are not even sins. What we see are just the manifestation, the demonstration, the expression, the acting out of sins. Praise God. But if all you can see are those things, you can never deal with them because they are elusive. Praise the Lord. They are very what? Elusive. So, so there has to be an expose, exposition into an insight into the root of where it's coming from. And you find out you can trace every scene to a throne in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. So, so throne, that, those area of thrones... When you say thrones in the spirit, 
the, one of the main purposes of, of the powers of the New Testament is the unveiling of thrones, the demystification of thrones. That if you, a soul is in bondage to a sin or an iniquity or something, and the only way you can deliver that soul from it is that the revelation of the throne behind that sin must happen to the soul. The, you must have a revelation of the throne behind where we're talking, we're talking about sins now. Sins, we're talking about natures. Right? Sins are stored in men as natures. It's just the way sin, the purpose of the throne is to take whatever law that they have or sin and install that law, write it in the, in the heart of his soul. Praise God. So we have many, most people on the earth, when you read their heart, open up the heart, and then open up the, the tablet of the heart, what you'll be seeing, you'll be seeing the laws of thrones written in the heart of men. That's all you'll find in men's heart. That's what the heart of men is meant to keep. The, the heart of men is meant to keep the writing of laws of what? Of thrones, of dominions. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did, I, did I say something to us? So the, the power of the, of the, when you are learning Christ and then you're learning the New Testament and ever, learning everlasting life, you will not find that a huge part of it is that it's the demystification of what? Demystification is make them not be hidden anymore. Don't, don't let the, if you are a Christian and the operation of thrones are hidden to you, you can never be free. You can never be free. That, like, praise the Lord. Like Daniel, Daniel was, look, was you know, Daniel was, was praying concerning freedom of Israel. Right, he was, that was what he was inquiring. His heart was, there was a burden upon his heart concerning the, the Israel and how their captivity and all of that. And, and they, you know, they now found that all, even question he asked heaven, prayer he asked to heaven for a long time. Now it's covered that they're actually thrones. They're actually, they're actually it is a king up there. Praise the Lord. Who, I want to say the, the prince of Persia. Praise God. That prince of Persia, the, the prince... Right, is what? Is the prince of kings. Right? The prince of Persia is a prince of, of kings. So he is actually higher in the spirit. Praise God. And then he was, he was higher. Now, in that time, in that day, you can, you could, re, you could resolve, you could draw a, a clear line from a prince to a king. I mean a physical king, not spiritual king now. Praise, are you getting what I'm trying to say? You could draw a clear line. In other words, you find that in those days, a physical king can be fellowshipping with princes. By fellowship, I mean that they can easily gain access to a man and then raise that man to, to act kingly or to, to be an enforcer of their dominion, praise the Lord, and, and, and in a way that 
is very, very, very visible in the natural. Praise the Lord. When you read the, the, the book of Isaiah, read the prophets, a lot of times you see many, how many places did they say, take a lamentation, Ezekiel. You see, Ezekiel did that a lot, praise the Lord. Even Isaiah too did that too. The, the, the Spirit will inspire him to, okay, just extray this king, right? And then he will begin to, to see things concerning the king. Um, um, a lot of times what Isaiah will see concerning a king, he will be seeing a physical manifestation, right, of how the king is ruling the earth, or how he's ruling people on the earth. And you know, find out that that thing is actually tied to a spirit. Praise God. It's tied to what? It's tied to a spirit in where? In the air. So the, those spirits are, you, when you're able, if you're able to go into, let's say you went to kingdoms like, if you went to, let's say, Tyre, or you went to, to Babylon, or you went to um, Persia, or you went to any of those places in the times of those kings, praise the Lord, you find out that when you look at the average person, what, how they live their life, what they do with their life. You, they're almost a mirror image of the dominion which that king is, ex, is pushing out, which is actually coming from spirits. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I making some sense to you? You find that people are actually aligned with what? with dominions, and that's how the world was. Let's say Egypt, for example. Egypt had a spirit, too, that was over it. Right? If you read Isaiah, you say, there's a time he's, okay, take up a lamentation or whatever against the king of Egypt. He spoke about Egypt, too, in the book of Isaiah. Praise the Lord. Um, He spoke about different kingdoms in Isaiah. Now, Egypt, um, we were speaking about Egypt on Wednesday. Egypt is where Israel was born. Praise the Lord. And, and Egypt there, the king of Egypt wasn't an ordinary king. Praise the Lord. The king of Egypt wasn't what? It wasn't an ordinary king. The king of Egypt was actually, he was being governed by his spirit. Right? And he wasn't his spirit maybe demon possession, No. Praise God. It wasn't um, that maybe the, the spirit appears to him at night and say, okay, this is what you need to do now. Moses is coming tomorrow when he says, let them go. Don't let them go. That's not, it's just, he was just, just here. Everything he was doing was inside his heart. He would just, he would just check, just, should Israel go now? His heart would just calculate, tell him, no, it's not time for Israel to go. Amen. Say, Moses, no, you cannot go. Praise the Lord. Um, so in, and you see, in his kingdom, when you read that place very well, you find out that even in Egypt, they had gods, they had magicians, they had all of them, but he was higher than them, right? He brought them in to try and do display. After they failed, he threw all of them away and, and began to operate autonomously by himself. <laughs> Praise, 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so such a being, so you mean that he was higher than the sorcerers. Yes, the sorcerers. They, after a while, all the sorcerers, they became afraid. When something, when Moses displeased, yeah, this, this one is the finger of God. Oh. They, were, they were warning the king, man. Look, king, this one is the finger of what? They say, okay, no problem, go home. Yeah. You guys are small boys. When he checked inside his heart, he himself, he knew he was God, but he, he found stature to war with God. He found stature to, to stand against God. So it's not that like he wasn't warned. Praise the Lord. The, the magician saw that this thing is bigger than them. But, but Pharaoh said, no, we can, we, can, we, can, we can transact on this level. I can stand against God. Praise the Lord. So it's very clear that, that such a man... Um, was not, at that time, he, I believe he was, he was higher than be fighting just natural kings. At that time, Egypt was the center of the world at that time. They had conquered everything there was to conquer. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Uh, so so um, that kind of king um, was, and then you found that they had, there was place for him in Scripture. There was place for him in what? Scripture. Because God could tell this, is, this guy, this is how he behaves. He was acting out. He was acting out Egypt. And then for them to then be using Egypt as a type for knowledge. For you, it means that. So, and like I said before, it wasn't an evil spirit appearing to him every day. It means Egypt was inside of him. It was his, his stature, and he and was accurate with his actions. He was accurate with the type, the typology of Egypt in the spirit, which is that thing called, which we know now as the world, right? He was acting it out accurately. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So that would tell you that, that that king was just somebody, that the same spirit right now who is operating, who is making men worldly, the same thrones, the same dominions, are the same spirit that were there, who just found a way to raise a man to be exactly like them, to act out who they are on the earth. You get what I'm, are you get what I'm saying? Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. It's the same. Yes, the same spirits. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? So when you see a worldly person, you, you see a pharaoh inside them somewhere. They, they have a pharaoh nature. So it might not be fully developed. It might be developed. There are, there, are, there are some people on the earth who have full pharaoh stature already. <coughs> right? When you say pharaoh, pharaoh means Egypt. Egypt is, is stature. Worldly st- is the summation of worldly stature. Is the height of a worldly stature. It's not the highest height of worldliness, but it's actually a, st- a height. It's the best that that spirit could do in that dispensation or in that time is the kind of the best they could raise at that time was, was Egypt, and which they installed Egypt in a man who was able to raise a kingdom, a dominion, in his own image. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. Then, then you now see another worldliness. We saw that there's Egypt, and you now see Babylon, right? That's another what? Another version, eh? An upgrade. What? You reloaded. Um, an upgraded and updated version of the world. So it's clear that it's clear that you could not have the time when Israel was in Egypt. If, if, if let's say at that time you didn't have a pharaoh, let's say you had a Nebuchadnezzar, it's possible that Egypt might never have escaped that land. Do you, do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? That if you had, if you, instead of an, a pharaoh, you had a what? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Because Nebuchadnezzar is not, he's not he wasn't just anointed to hold God's people in bondage. He had the higher anointing. He had the anointing for captivity. So you saw Israel could break out of bondage, but <laughs> captivity is not easy. Right? It's one thing to see an infant Israel to be able to hold them and hold them and hold them. They were getting bigger. They were growing. This is how God grew them. As he was, as they were increasing, his own stature was seeing them. And he was worried. Maybe other people around him weren't too worried about Israel. It's possible that other people around him were, why are you always leave these people? What would they do? Why are you troubling yourself about them? They are servants, they are nothing. But he was seen. He was able to, by his heart, he could tell them. He was saying, that, look, these guys, there are things these guys can do. Yeah. They can join forces against other nations after a while and, and war against us. He was seeing something about them. But God did it that Israel grew, and then Israel grew beyond him. And when it was time for, when God raised the deliverer, Moses, then what Moses came back with to him. So Moses received some wilderness strength. He, he, he received wilderness training. So Mo, Moses did not receive most holy training. To, it, it, Moses did not need most holy training to deliver Israel from Egypt. Right? He didn't need. So God did not send him. God just took him wilderness. Just step outside Egypt a little. I don't know whether he crossed Red Sea or not. I don't know, but <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. It's possible that Moses had found a way to cross it and back. Amen. But they just moved him into the wilderness to just give him a little bit of wilderness training, just a little bit of wilderness training. Praise God. Some wilderness training. He was, when he came back, and he, he came and faced Egypt. Are you getting what I'm saying? He faced what Egypt and faced Pharaoh. And everything he brought, Pharaoh couldn't match what he was bringing. 
was, bring, was just bringing things one after the other. Pharaoh would bounce back until the final one. Pharaoh could not handle that one. Are you getting a sense of what, what I'm saying? So what, what I'm what talking about is Egypt. We are trying to cite Egypt in terms of the stature of worldliness that is called Egypt. It's a stature that is, it is, a bit, it is powerful, but it is powerful that you can find um, you can find wilderness or sanctuary sanctification stature. You can find Christ stature that can rot full deliverance from that worldly stature. Praise God. Uh, am I making some sense to you? But then you have another, another king called Nebuchadnezzar. That one is another kind of being entirely. Right? He, where did he go and get them from? Can you tell me? Can anybody tell me where he went to get Israel from? Huh? Which land is that? Eh? You went to get them from promised land. Am I lying? <laughs> right? So that's a different kind of being entirely. So, so, so that's not just world. It's the, but Babylon is worldliness. Right, you to understand why, well, why is it, why is Babylon like that? Why was he able to have that strength? What kind of strength is that? What kind of worldly strength that can go and bring people? We also yank them out of the land, Pull, bring them out of the land, and bring them back into captivity. So it means that that kind of strength is not only worldly. The image of that strength is in Revelation yes, sir. chapter 17. You saw that it is a woman that's, that's riding on a beast. So it is a woman that is not just, she's not just pure world. She is world with a booster under her. There's something. It is a world that is being carried. By something. So, because, and that thing that's carrying her, it, it gives, it's adding extra to what she can do. In other words, she can do things, then she will get to a realm where this part needs a little bit of everlasting strength. That, that aspect, which is, the, which, is, which is the scarlet of the, of the woman. Right? Because the woman was already with pop, old purple, which is the pure world. And then a little bit of scarlet. So it's very clear to get Egypt out of the promised land and bring them back to his own land. It means that some, there must have been a little bit of scarlet operation. In there. Does that make some sense to you? Praise God. So you see, so it's very clear that if it was Nebuchadnezzar that was. Hey. 
When Moses comes and say, let my people go that they might. God say, let my people go so that they can come and serve me. You now find that he has stature against service. Right? Because when he went to take them from the land, he didn't just take the people. He went into the temple. He excavated everything. All their utensils, all the cup, everything that they use. Praise the Lord. So what is service? And when he got to the land, he said, all of you start worshipping me. <laughs> right? He said they should start doing what? Pharaoh did not say that to Israel. In fact, Pharaoh allowed them to have their own land. He was able to, he had some kind of reverence for, you know, that area of Goshen. He had, he had a kind of reverence. He, he could sense somewhere, these are a holy people somehow. I'm sure he, could, he knew these are a holy people. And he had a little bit of reverence for, for them to have a space to carry out their, their, their own, you know, practice or their own kind of life. But it's not, it wasn't the same thing in Babylon. It's different. I'm just, just giving us some skills to see between those two things. So, that, so worldliness, it's not all worldliness are the same. Not all worldly souls are the same. There's a worldly soul that has some space for expression of Israel, of to expression, some expression of the of the, the heritage of God. A little. They have, he has given some space. That's Egyptian kind of worldliness. But there's another kind of worldliness which is different. Right? Because a worldliness has been carried by another thing, which is anti-worship. Completely anti-worship. When you look at the nature of the beast, of the Antichrist, if you, if you, if you see his stature, he exalted himself, he opposed himself against all that is called God and against all that is worship. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 2. In Revelation chapter 13, you see him when he appeared and he stood and he had a great word, mouth, blaspheming, blaspheming who against God, against his temple, and against all that worship therein in his temple. So, 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 so it's very clear, the sign that, when you see his soul is very worldly, the sign of, of, of height of worldliness, that when you see, ah, this soul is now, is worldly, but the worldliness is getting very bad, is when you begin to see tendencies against God. All that is called God and all that is worshipped. And when you look around this world right now, you, won't, you will never see Egyptian worldliness. If, even if you see a souls with Egyptian worldliness, somehow there's been help somewhere to shield them. Something, that may be the, maybe in their culture, in their community, or somewhere. Somehow, if you go to Africa, you still see people who are still worldly little. They don't have, they don't have the strength to stand against all that is called God and all that is worshipped. Praise the Lord. 
But you know, when you come to the Western Hemisphere on this other side of the world, where advancement, the kind of worldliness you have here is different, is the worldliness that's riding on a beast. Praise God. It's worldliness that what? It's worldliness that's riding on a beast. Praise the Lord. In, in, in Babylon, the Babylon he, he himself, the king began to call for worship. That all of you guys, it's time. All those things you've been doing to God. We heard that you guys are experts at worshiping. That you, your worship even has department. You have different things. Okay, let's come and let's let's come and see what you can do. In the Bible, when they were speaking about their, uh, you know that song by the rivers of Babylon, <laughs> right? By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, where we wept and we remembered what? Zion. Is it where the wicked who carried us away into captivity? They, they required of us a song. What is the song? Is it, how can we sing the Lord's song where? In a strange land. So, so it means that they didn't just bring them and leave them. You see? You see? Come, so we didn't just bring you guys here for fun. We didn't non-stop. You see your, you see that your Jewish worshiping nature, non-stop it. We just, we, we're just bringing you to a new site of worship. Can we? Can you resurrect your songs again? Resurrect your song. Resurrect your worship. Resurrect, all those things you do, come and do it here. But do it here by the river, by these rivers, by these waters of Babylon. So, so it's very clear that the, the goal of the world is not for men to stop worshipping. It's just to men to shift worship. Shift worship. Because the guy who is coming, who, who crafted the world, is also interested. He's, he's thirsty, hungry, longing for worship. As well. That is his whole his problem. His headache is worship. So, the, the purpose of the world is for worship. If you're able to look at the world and say, where is the world going to? Where is it taking men to? It's for the diversion of worship. Worldliness, worldly nature is for the, diver, the diversion of worship of souls. Praise the Lord. But you see that, you see, you see Babylon now. Um, praise God. Do you see ba- that Babylon, that woman who they showed in chapter 17 of Revelation? And then you see that king, Nebuchadnezzar. 
When you see him, ah, comparing with Pharaoh, hey, this guy is the end. This is a bad guy. No, he's the beginning. But it's just, it's, just, it's just the beginning of another brand of worldliness. He himself has an evolution. That's what the revelation of chapter 17 of, of, of is. It is the demystification of Babylon. It's the explanation of what will Babylon become. That is what that revelation is about. And that revelation is also what the purpose of the revelation of the book of Daniel is about. Praise God. When you see that woman in the um, amen. When you see the woman in the, in the book of Revelation, um, let's go to that place. Let's read the scriptures. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 17. From verse 1, it says, And there came, there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall that seated upon many waters. See, that word, that word judgment is not just talking about... You see, when they say, I will show you the judgment of her, then you see the whole chapter. It wasn't God, come, hey, you are bad. Right now, I'm sending you to hell fire. That's not what you call the judgment of the hall. The, the activity, there's a difference between judgment and punishment. Now, it's easy to mix them all because, because if after judgment, when something airs, when you fail in judgment, you can move into punishment, right? Or punishment is actually a, is a result of judgment. When you look at the legal system, it's the same thing. Before anybody is punished, like going to jail or whatever, is comes after the judgment process. So judgment, when you say you're saying go to lake of fire, go into hell, that's not judgment. That's not judgment. That is what the result of judgment. <laughs> so when they say the when they say the judgment of the great hall, what's the judgment? The judgment is the opening. Okay, let's not. It's the inquest. Is the inquest, is the discussion of the, what are the, what, is this, what are the specifics of this entity? So this great whore that's seated upon many waters, the, the purpose of this chapter is to explain her. Praise the Lord, or to demystify what? Her, praise God. So seated upon many waters, verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with what? With the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of flames of names of blasphemy having seven heads and then what? Ten horns. Praise God. So this woman is positioned in the wilderness, right? That's her, that her position. So it's very clear she's not Egypt. 
Egypt is different. Egypt is prior to wilderness. Right? Egypt, is actually, Egypt is actually a fruitful land. It's not wilderness. Egypt is a fruitful land. And even in Egypt, you saw a place called Goshen, which was even more fruitful than Egypt. Amen. But this woman was, her own habitation is wilderness. So wilderness is her beginning point. Do you get what I'm saying? Wilderness is what? Is a beginning point. And that should just tell you a few things. It means that somebody, anybody who has who hasn't entered wilderness by virtue of through Christ, you don't even stand a chance. It means you are even lower than her beginning. The majority of Christians are lower than the beginning of Babylon. Praise God. So it's a a different thing. So if you (laughs) praise God, imagine this. That's why. When you look at the world right now, especially in this Western, Western world, the kind, of, the kind of operation of worldliness you have here, most Christians don't even have, they don't even have the facility to even begin to comprehend, to even judge it, to even see, to even have any smell that there's something fishy about this operation. So, so Babylon is the kind of worldliness that a Christian will see, an average Christian will see and call righteousness. Right? The, is the kind of, it's, it's different from Egypt. When an average Christian sees Egypt, they know, ah, this is a world, worldly. You worldly people, you guys, are, you guys need to change. Don't be worldly anymore. Uh-uh, it's not time. I don't you know Jesus is coming soon. Why is he doing all these worldly things? Right? All they are saying is just Egyptian nature. Ah, world. But they, they drink Babylon every day. <laughs> Why? They enjoy Babylon. Jesus, thank you for this. Thank you for this, to this portion of this cup. The many Christians are drunk with this wine, right? They are so drunk. They are so drunk. And they, they drunk. They even dance to give thanksgiving based on what Babylon has done. For, because they can't even see it. Why? No, any soul that is lower than the wilderness can never see. For John to be able to see the judgment of this whore, he had to, he had to be carried in the spirit. You know, this book is, 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 a, is a signification. It's, so he had to be showing these things. That the position from where you want to come and see this woman, let's carry it to where she is, where they, where, they, where, they, where they see her from. No soul who hasn't come here can see her. So it's, it's very clear that we are talking about worldliness, that a soul that, has never, that, that Christ has never led in the wilderness can never detect. There is a worldly nature that only a soul who has tasted wilderness dealings can see. It's very clear. So it's very, they, we're talking about worldliness that is, any soul that has not suffered before, there are things you can never know. Wow. 
Where do they teach a soul? Contentment. Where do they teach a soul contentment? Huh? Did Israel learn contentment in Egypt? <clears throat> how how would you how can you teach them contentment in Egypt? In Egypt, anything they want to eat, they can eat it. The spices, they need everything. All the vegetables, all the everything that they needed. Praise God. But well, you can't teach them. If you've not left Egypt, you can never know contentment. In fact, Israel, God, the way God is, is that that place called Goshen? Say Goshen. 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 Huh? So when you plant something somewhere else and then you plant in Goshen the same day, what do you reap is not the same. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. There's a supernatural something behind the seed, something with just from the, that area. There's a spirit around that place that just breathes on the seed. Something that should bring forth one will bring, bring forth five. Five will come out instead of one or two. Something about the land. Amen. Say Goshen. Goshen is, is the land that new birth, new birth people enjoy. When you just get born again, they just bring you into Goshen. Goshen is the land of the good, good, the good God of baby Christians. The wonderful God of, of babies. Now, can anybody learn contentment in that place? You can't learn. So, so it's very clear that there are things that you... you like, so picture when God now brought them into wilderness, the trainings... They began to, walk, to, to undergo. So any soul that hasn't undergone such training can never, can never, when you will never see Babylon and, and think it's bad. You will never see it. You, oh, you just see, oh, this, no, these are all good things now. These are all good things, you know. Your life is okay. Things are taken care of. You don't have to worry about your basic necessities. You don't have to worry about, you know, your children's future. Everything is taken care of. God is good. That's, uh, right, that is, you get, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, see that God is good, I say, it's wine. So much wine. So there's nothing that will make the person just occur to them one day. Something just occur. Ah. Is it really good that oh, we're just living like this, you know, we just, you know, is it really good that to just live this way? Praise God. What's, what's, what's that living? Living below wilderness. It's living without cross. You're living below the cross. You're not carrying anything. Hmm? It means that is a, a soul who has never entered the wilderness. Is a soul whose faith has never been tried. Who has never experienced the trying of their faith.
is a soul that has never that has not been introduced into the into value of spiritual things. That's a sign, right? They, they don't have the ability to value spiritual things. Is a soul whose all whose comprehension, comprehension, say comprehension. Comprehension is is uh, is not sharp enough to to discern lust and pride. So when you see a soul like that, they can they can they can give testimony about the about victory of their lust. They can thank God for victory of, of their lust. Ah, this thing that I lusted after. I prayed for it, to you for it. It finally came. Now they won't say it in those terms because they don't know it. They don't know it. It's, it's their lust. They didn't know. They didn't know that thing. They've been, they lusted after it so much and they fasted and prayed and all that and then didn't break, break to happen. And they came and thanked God. Ah, God, you brought this so. Thank you, Jesus. And then they are, and then they are pride. They, don't, they can't discern those things. Uh, praise the Lord. So such a soul, this, this being is a mystery to them. This woman, because this woman is a master of wilderness. Praise God. <clears throat> so with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornications. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. So she was sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast, but she was arrayed in both purple and what? And scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And then upon her forehead was written, was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So let's read verse 2 again. It says, the kings of the earth have committed fornication, right? And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So, so the kings of the earth commit the fornication with her. Then by virtue of that, the, the what? The inhabitants of the earth are being made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So, the, so it's very clear that kings of the earth are servers of wine. Right? Kings are what? They are servers of wine. So they, they fornicate with this spirit. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing something? So they, it's very clear that this, the kings of the earth are not ignorant of her. Where do they go? Where is the bed of the fornication laid? 
they know where she is in the spirit. They can go there and they can fornicate and receive wine. And then they can go to share. So you see the same journey of kings. This is how, this is how kings are. When you see a king on the earth, the king is doing this. He's doing this. That's a king. This is the journey of king. The same journey you saw in, in the book of chapter Revelation 21. Where they are going on. What are they? They're actually receiving wine. You know, that light is also a kind of wine which they are bringing. They will bring from the city. The eternal city is the place where you actually fetch wine from. The wine is a, is a water. You fetch it from there, from the city, and they bring it down to where the nations of the earth. So this is the job of kings. So, so the sins that men are committing, everything that men are doing, is based on sin. It's hard for an average man, an average person, to just bring a sin out of the spirit, fresh. It's a sin that nobody has ever seen before. Right? It's just a sin. Nobody has ever committed these sins. It's just a fresh way of sinning. Just on their own. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. They just reach out in the spirit and invented the method of sinning. No. It's kings. That's it. So, if you want to ask who are kings on the earth, kings are of the, on the earth are those who have, who have raw fellowship with spirits. They have very, very raw fellowship with what? With spirits. Like Nebuchadnezzar. For example. Praise God. But when they, they, based on their fellowship, kings are able to push what they are carrying to nations or to many people. Praise God. And, and of course, you know that wine has different levels of intoxication, right? So you mean that this wine, after a while, they, they will be drinking her purple. They will drink her purple. They will drink her purple. After a while, when they, they, are, they are fetching, they begin to fetch purple that becomes scarlet It's scarlet nature. They will begin to fetch from that nature after a while. So it means that there is a journey. The purpose of this woman is to make men souls journey from purple to scarlet. Right? To make what? Souls journey from what? Purple. Yes. So it's to make souls move from and from from to move into an everlasting dominion of sin. To make souls move into what? An everlasting what? Dominion of sin. That's the, 
That's what this woman wants to, that's what she's actually, her mission is to do that. So, we now ask, what, what should the people of God be armed with? The people of God, you must be armed. The only way you can escape this, what, this woman, this drink, is the soul must have the knowledge of the throne. Must have the knowledge of what? Of the throne from where the thrones, the knowledge of the thrones. You must have the wisdom. So, what makes lifts a soul higher than the intoxication of a sin is the demystification of the operations of that sin. If in your heart, you don't have the demystification. Because this one, mystery, the woman is a mystery. Mystery, Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great. Mystery, Babylon the Great. Mother, what's the meaning of mother? Mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Praise God, a mother, who's a mother? A mother is... That which is framed to hide. A mother can keep something, build something until one day to just appear. Nurture. This Babylon is a mother, a nurturer. The nurturer of a worldly nature. Until one day that nature will just... Ah, really? Wow. This thing has been ongoing for a long time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, so there has to be empowerment. Thank you, Father. Okay, let's go. I want us to see some things now. Um, I don't want us to. I don't want us to look through this verse. I think we've we've taught. I hope most of us have maybe have um have already have some insight into. Revelation, this, this chapter, to a level. Praise God, because I'm not seeing that route to, to now. Praise God. I'm seeing more of the book of Daniel. But it's the same kind of thing. You're talking about the evolution of Babylon. Where Babylon is, if, if you don't know where Babylon is taking your soul to, when he, then you can be joining there and you won't know. Praise God. So one of the great deliverances, one of the great things that, for of the great light that God has to shine on the church, is the, the, the church must know what the world is. We have to know. The church must know what the world. You must know. You must not be ignorant of the operations of the world. You must be. You must be skilled to discern worldly. You see Christians. You see Christians who are still worldly. Praise God, and many of us need that healing. 
many of us in that here, many of us haven't escaped. Many of us still play with worldly things. Many of us still play with worldly things. We still pick, you can still take worldly thought and be enjoying it and be behaving in a worldly way. You, you do it, you, the way you can do it, you will shield any conversation that want to shed light there. Look, this thing is worldly, you will hide it, you will find a way to... Skill, some of us have wicked skill. You know, that's not a good skill to have, eh? To be able to keep a worldly nature. Praise the Lord. And the reason why is a lot of times it's ignorance. You don't know what it is. You say, leave this thing. Forget this. Stop, stop living like this. You feel like, you feel like oh, there's actually a secret way that you can, you can still keep doing it and living that way. It's because you don't know what it is. When you say, change your nature, don't be this way. This is the way you ought to be. You say, no, you want to stay in. You want to find a way to maintain who you are. You don't want to journey. You see, soul is refusing to journey. You do everything to make them journey. They don't want to journey. They just want to stay. That thing. That is a, it's, a, it's a worldly seduction. It's wine. That's a sign that someone is drinking a wine. So the sign a soul is drinking a wine is that you do everything to make them move. They don't want to move. Why they enjoy the wine. Praise the Lord. Why? Praise God. Also, but there has to be a revelation to, to deliver us. One thing that we don't know is that, you know, we have been, we are learning about everlasting nature, everlasting life and all that. One thing that you don't know is that if you are, as long as you're living in this world right now, the way it is, you are going to enter everlasting nature. It's not optional. It's just which everlasting nature will you have. If you, if you refuse to trade your nature, the one you have you refuse to trade will become everlasting in you. So this whole thing we're talking about is not an option or something. Well, they don't like the everlasting. You will become everlasting. Tell somebody you will be everlasting. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. I'm not. I'm not into all this for all this kind, all this brand of teachings, and all this brand. I get what I'm saying. And the people who say such things, they are the ones who, is listening, who are listening to the greatest everlasting message. In fact, what's making them say they don't like everlasting th- th- thoughts is because of another everlasting message. You can't refuse everlasting life. It's, not, it's actually it's not possible. It's not possible. The strength, if everlasting life is knocking at your door, it wants to break in and it wants to access you. It's knocking at your door. If you are healthy, after a while, it will prevail over you. Your heart will open to everlasting life. Now, the proof that, you are, that someone is becoming everlasting in darkness 
is that is they are constantly having stamina to resist everlasting light. Every time it's knocking, and they see it, they can, they can, they have strength. There is strength to resist the conversation, because it's only an everlasting strength that can resist an everlasting, uh, an everlasting appeal. The appeal of everlasting life to the soul. Praise God. So the, the purpose of the world is to raise souls to a point where they can become everlasting. Let's just see. Let's, let's gain some of Daniel's sight. Praise God. Are we blessed today? Thank you. Let's, let's just begin from the beginning of Daniel. I don't want to read from chapter one. Um, let's just see. Let, let's see. Let's see this king. This king, Nebuchadnezzar. Praise God. Um, there was a vision that he saw that gave an insight into who he was. Father, we thank you. Glory to God. Um, you think you might help me to read though. Praise God. Are you ready? Um, Read chapter 4 of Daniel. (coughs) Um, Let's read from verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the eye God at wrought toward, toward me. How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, Therefore made I a decree Praise to break. God. Let me just say something about this. <coughs> Thank you. So it's very clear that, this, that Nebuchadnezzar here, um, when you read what he's saying, this is not a... He hasn't... Praise God. This is not a man who is who has, who's exalted himself above all that is called God. And oppose, he does and oppose all that is worshipped. When before Israel came, he had that tendency in him, but it wasn't mature. So that would tell you that he didn't have yet too much of the scarlet. He had a little bit of the scarlet, but not too much. Why? Because 
there are still operations. Before this chapter, you had the, the this issue of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, he wanted to conquer them. Right? What was it? Why did he throw them into the lions then? They refused to worship. Right? So, so he's, the desire, praise the Lord, for him, if they resisted that desire to crumble their resolve, he wanted to crumble their resolve of worshiping God. That would tell you that he had that thing inside of him already. Do you see that? Praise the Lord. That, is a, that, that nature he had inside of him is a different nature. Pharaoh didn't have that nature. Pharaoh's problem wasn't Israel's worshipping. That wasn't his problem. He, all he was just afraid was his own kingdom. If I let these guys go, one day they will show up with another kingdom and come and, take, and, come and conquer us. It wasn't, in fact, he gave them their own land and their own space. Do what you want in that place when it comes to your God and, and all of that. In fact, when, they say, when he said, let, let them go to come and worship me, he said, can they not worship inside here? <laughs> he said, if it's worship, that's a problem. We can even build temple for you. You can worship. Why, why do you have to? Do you get the sense? He didn't, it wasn't like Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't have anything against Israel worshiping their God. But this guy is a bit different. Once he brought them, he began to, he was always concerned about their worship. Check it. He was always concerned about, that was the problem he had with Daniel later, the problem he had with these guys. So but, but at this, this point, he wasn't that strong that a dealing that with, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when God showed up, that could still crumble him a little. So by the time the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing has happened, by that time he has already, he's had something has happened to him. Praise God. He has already, he has already, he has already become humble to a what? To a great degree. So that's where this language is coming from. <laughs> so what he's saying, when you, when you, 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 I mean, look at chapter four. This one looks like a pistol, right? <laughs> Peace be multiplied. <laughs> Praise God. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God, that's what he began to call him, the high God. It's just that, because his stature was in a place that a high God came and showed him, look, this is your thing you are having against worship. And do you know who I am? You are a small boy. Praise the Lord. So he had respect because he didn't have the stature to stand against the high God. Praise the Lord. Okay, continue. Praise Verse 3, say, how great are thy wonders, right? And how mighty are his wonders. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He could discern his kingdom. And his dominion is from generation. Okay, go, verse 4. Verse 4. Um, mm-hmm. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. Yeah. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and I told, 
and I told them, and I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And before him I told the dream, saying, O Belshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in thee, mm-hmm. and no secret troubleth thee. Mm-hmm. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation okay. thereof. Praise God. Now, so you see, this is the same, you see the same kind of thing that happened with Pharaoh. Is that happening here as well? So he brought his magicians. So he himself had a dream. And it's possible that there are some kind of dreams that these guys may have been interpreting before. Of course, for him to bring them, maybe they have some skill in interpretation and all of those things. But the magician, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, all of them, they couldn't interpret this dream. Why? Because this was a special dream. This wasn't just an ordinary dream about some trivial matter. This was a dream concerning, it has to, inside the dream, a huge part of the dream was the revelation of who he was. These men didn't have sight to see that. Even him, I know I've known who he really, how they see him in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, you can continue. Verse 10. Said, thus, were the visions of, thus were the visions of my head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the eye thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the eye thereof reached unto heaven and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. The beast of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the bowls thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. I saw, verse 13, I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher, and an only one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches and shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from, the bra- from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with the band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's heart, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to, to, the, intent of the, living, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it and give it, it to whom he will, and set it over the beast, set it over the basest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Praise Thank God. Okay, hold on. Um, in verse 14, 
Okay, in verse 12. He saw a tree that grew. Verse 11. The tree grew and was strong, right? And the height thereof reached unto heaven. Praise God. And the sight thereof, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. So, do you see what this means? Its height reached heaven. And what's the meaning of the sight thereof? It means that there is nowhere in the earth you stand that you cannot see it. So, is a tree that reaches heaven, that touches heaven, and that can be seen from everywhere around the earth. And the leaves were fair, and that's beautiful, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. The beast of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the bowls thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. So this whole picture, they're showing him as a tree, but really it's the same thing as a man who is, is receiving, uh-huh. Revelation calls it wine, but is, who, is extend, who is, has a stature up to heaven. So that word heaven means that he's tapping from the realm of the spirit. From the, so what he's actually bringing to the earth has its source from above. Praise God. And so the leaves thereof, the fruit thereof, March, verse 12, and in it was meat for all. So all could feed, right? It could feed all, and it could give what? Shadow. So food and then shadow means what? Covering. And the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the bowls thereof, and then all flesh was what? Was fed of it. This word, fowls of the heaven, these are spirits. So spirits of heaven. Do you see what, what, what they are showing here? This spirit of heaven dwelt in the, in the bowls thereof, of the tree. Praise. So it's actually a tree. It's a, it's a tree. It's a man who can house spirits. And by virtue of housing spirit, he's able to cast shade and also give food to men. And is this dominion extend towards all the earth, or the ends of the earth. Praise God. Now, in verse 13, it says, I saw divisions, and behold, a watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. So this, this, the watcher and the holy one, these are, whole, these are entities of heaven who watch, who watch matters of dominion upon the earth. They watch matters of dominion. When you read later, in verse 17, it says, this matter is by the decree of the watchers. Praise. So who actually decrees by the decree. So the watcher must decree anything that happens to in this dimension. Praise God. Hallelujah. Comes by decree of watchers. And then the demand by the word of the holy ones. The word holy one means the separated word, the separated ones. Praise God. Now, if, if I were to position these beings, I would, put, I, would, I, would, I would position watchers in the realm of the first heavens. 
when you're going upward. Those who are closer, the realm of principalities, powers, might, and dominion. Yeah, because they're actually the ones who watch. They are watchers. So they have actually watched towards the earth. Praise God. They're actually the first beings. When you see heaven, it's facing the earth. What realm is facing the earth? It's those realms. Praise the Lord. So, but the watcher, and then an holy one, an holy one is somebody who is higher. So that tells you that for this, this era of dominion upon the earth, the, the, so a watcher, then an holy one. A watcher, then an holy one. I don't know if you have seen something here. So the watchers don't do things by themselves. They actually, they, they operate, they carry watch. They do watch over the earth. But when it comes to whose word they apply, who will apply? It has to be based on what work needs to be done. So it's very, very clear that this being that they want to deal with now, which was also in the season of his dominion, was a season of a dominion that touches the holy place. Are you able to, are you able to see that? Are you able to see that? Can you see that? No. Praise God. So is it, is it, his dominion touches the holy place. He's, so his height. You know how we spoke about Babylon? The beginning of Babylon is where what? When you say wilderness, you're talking about sanctuary kind of dealing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Sanctuary kind of what? Of dealing. Height. You can measure height in darkness. You can also measure height in light. You can measure height in the kingdom of darkness. You can measure height in God's own kingdom. And the way these things work is that those statues, they are they are they, are, they oppose each other. <coughs> they oppose who? That's the reason why when they went to go and get Moses' body from Lucifer, why, how, they have to send Michael. You have to send some, you cannot send an holy one to go and do that. You can't send a watcher to go and get <laughs> Lucifer from Lucifer himself. When he get there, he will tell you Lucifer is not there. <laughs> I didn't, he wasn't there, sir. He might not be able to even see him. Are you getting the sense of what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. And then also, there's no need to be sending me, let's say, Michael for this kind of job. Because what you're dealing with is, is Nebuchadnezzar. You're talking about Nebuchadnezzar. You're not talking about, you're not, you're not even dealing with the food. Is it Nebuchadnezzar who just has a tiny taste of scarlet? A little bit of scarlet. Do you get what I'm saying? So you don't need, so, so what you need is a, a holy one. And that, that holy one they even brought will be brought out of a realm that is commensurate with the stature in darkness that this tree has arisen into. So it's by the decree of the watchers and the demand is by the word of the holy ones. So so that demand, what they want to do is they have to bring a word 
from a realm that can tamper with this person, that can tamper with this stature, this man upon the earth. So, so when it came down to it, who they wanted to tamper with, right, is, see, the man called Nebuchadnezzar, heaven wanted to crumble him, to weaken him. How do you weaken the man? Is by, you can't weaken him, you can't change him without something that can touch his inward composition. You need something that can touch his inward word composition. Now, you see what they did to him? They reduced his understanding, right? They reduced his understanding from a man to a beast. But the, the job they wanted to do is not to reduce the understanding of the... It's not to reduce the understanding... Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not reducing the understanding of an ordinary man. If to reduce the understanding of an ordinary man, you don't need a holy one to do that. Right? Let's say an ordinary man who all he thinks about is just mundane things. Right? Even a demon can reduce the understanding of a man who, praise the Lord. But you're talking about a man. This man didn't know. This man fellowships with spirits. When he looked at his stature, he said, in his bowels are fowls of the air. So, a soul who fellowship with spirits, praise God. And you know, where is the realm of fowls? Praise God. So, a stature that can house fowls. It's not, so fowls, when you look at the heavens, it's, they are second heavenly beings, entities. Do you get what I'm saying? So it means that his stature houses second heavenly kind of spirits, that kind of... When I say second heavenly, I mean in darkness, those who fell out of the second heavenly place. You know the realm of principality, power, those are not the realm of fowls. Praise the Lord. So, so to reduce him, you have to, redu- they have to re- go to the height of his understanding and begin reduction from there. Right? So their knowledge, their knowledge he has of high places, that's from him. Come on, this touch what makes him able to rule all the earth? Thank you. Thank you. 
Evratani, Evratani, Evratani. Don't disdain these things. Do not disdain them. You don't know the height of darkness in you. Hence, we are elevating the thoughts. Hence, we are elevating our thoughts. Hence, we are elevating our thoughts. For we have to come to height and height for to bring down heights in you. We have to come to height. We have to bring from height, from our height, from our height, from the fountain and the depth of our height for to crumble height in you. For it is battle of height against height. It is battle of height against height. Mm-hmm. It is battle of height. It is the show of power. It is the show of power for to crumble the powers in you. And this is how we crumble them. Do not yes. disdain them. Do not disdain them. Don't say why all these things. Now you see. I am showing you why. 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 For we will yet increase them. They will yet come from higher heights. From higher heights. From higher heights. For we will dethrone those shakable kingdoms and give you an unshakable kingdom. Amen. Says the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, what makes him able to rule the earth like that? So, the earth that was existing at that time was, it's not the same earth you have right now, right? But at that time, a man who has stature to be able to give shelter to all kinds of souls upon the earth is that he, 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 was, he was doing that Kings, then, when wisdom was speaking in the book of Hebrews, he said, by me, kings reign, right? It's true. So when you see a king, especially in this time, a king is not just an ordinary kind of person that's just there, oh, my son, you are the one who's the king now, and then you just, no, no. This time, someone like Nebuchadnezzar, that's, that's what they are showing you, that this man had stature. Right? So, so for, for, there were no guys higher than him on the earth. There were no guys who were what? Who were higher than him. Even when it comes to iniquity, the wisdom, the skill of perpetuating the evil things, there will be, there will be no person who can devise something more evil than what he has capacity to do. So he was higher than men. He was actually like a, he was, he was like a cage of birds, of fowls. As they spoke about in Revelation, yes, sir. when he spoke about Babylon, it has become a cage of every hateful bird. Praise the Lord. So when they want to reduce the understanding of such a man, what will, who has to operate to reduce his understanding? You have to bring a being. The, the decree has to be the, is the, the word that could prevail over him is the word of an angel. Praise the Lord. So, so it was actually a kind of, the work they did to make him become like a, an animal. Is just opened his heart and deleted laws from, this, from his heart. 
Yes. Yes, sir. Mm. Supernaturally. Yes. Right? Or, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if delete is the word I will use. I won't use the word delete. I will say maybe cover. They cover. They just, you know, something is written there. I just bring a cloth. I say, okay, cover this. Just cover the laws inside his heart. That when he, if he searches them, he can't see them. You know, a spirit can do that. Do you, do you know that? Yeah. If, if a spirit is is very strong, he can cover. He can cover laws. He can make a law a law. A law covered. Praise God. If somebody has stature, someone can operate below their stature. When they, a Christian can operate below the stature inside of them, if they, if they quench the spirit. Yeah. If a believer quenches the spirit, they can begin to operate below what is written in them. And after a while, what is written in them, after a while, can, be, can get deleted. Actual deletion of laws, it doesn't just happen like that. But it can, laws can be deleted over time. To delete laws in the heart, you must get, the person must walk contrary to them for a while. When you walk contrary to it for a while, it should be deleted. And sometimes to make a soul walk contrary to laws, right, that is in them, spirits must, can cast a veil, cover it. Do you get what I'm saying? That is the, how Satan was, was, has been casting veil over time. Even the world itself is a veil. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's an operation of spiritually putting a veil over something, a, a, a law, and then the person will not be able to what? In other words, the Lord will not be speaking. Yeah. That was what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Things that will normally talk to him. Right? This is grass. We don't eat it. It, doesn't, it didn't talk to him anymore. So I get, I'm using that example because many things, but it didn't start from right before. They, 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 they covered things that they got to the grass level. So, okay, we can stop here. Let's leave him. Let's leave him here. At this point, he became almost like a four footed beast. Praise, praise the Lord. But I'm just trying to show you that all the understandings that need to be covered. So you, you can't bring in just a little demon, earthly demon, to, to cover his sight, his knowledge of, of what? His spiritual knowledge. All the things he has gained from fellowshipping with those birds, with those spirits, they can't just be covered. So that's the reason for, for this. Praise God. In verse 17, it says, This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the Holy Ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and set it up over it the beasts of the earth. So, so, so they're telling you that it's not only, God is just showing that it's not only Satan who can cover. It's not only what? Satan who can cover. Yes. Wow. It's not only Satan who can what? God also does a covering operation too. Yeah. God does a what? God does a covering operation. Yet. And God is still doing that even right now. 
is doing that right now. It's not all the evil that, it's not all the, it's not all the stature of evil on the earth that's manifesting. If God allows, I mean, the, all the evil that men are capable of, that God left them, all the evil that's in their heart just constantly talks to them every day. Imagine maybe leaders of nations, people who are in power, who can do, praise God. So maybe to somebody who has, let's say, maybe, <laughs> amen. Praise God. But you get the sense of what I'm trying to say? That this, so you see this ministry of these people, they're called watchers. They are on the earth. They're actually beings on the earth who look on the earth. They don't leave men to do anything. That's what the Lord is trying to say here. That even though, thank God, there's priests of the power of the air, there are all these beings there, but look, you have to really understand that you should know that the, 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 the Most High, He actually ruled So you need to understand what they are trying to say here. If it's kingdom of men, it's not God's kingdom. So this roulette in the kingdom of men is not saying that when you get to the kingdom of men, God is the one on the, on the throne. No, it's men. Men have their kingdom, but they're telling you that he can rule. He actually ruled in the kingdom of men. Because he's actually still God when he comes down to it. And there's something called the sovereign. That's one aspect of the scripture that you have to really understand. And it's, it's, the scripture is littered with it with sovereign operations of God that can occur. This is an example of a sovereign operation of God. That, thank God, we know that you've got in the dominion, you fellowship with spirits, you've aligned with Satan, all the earth is yours. But I just want to let you know that the Most High ruleth in the affairs of men. And according to the kingdoms of men, he still has a choice. He gives the kingdom to whosoever he wills. That's why Paul was telling Christians, don't be proud and everything. Look, when it comes to authorities, see, there's nothing, all of them are of God. See, there's no, actually no authority. Now, it doesn't mean that people who do wicked kings and all that, that God is the one who raised them. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that everything that's going on is, is under the provision that's granted under the providence of God. Right? Do you understand what I'm trying to, say, to tell you? There are reasons why God did this thing then, at this point. is because God wanted to allow, to, to prolong a little bit the season of the Babylonish reign. Because this guy might have been going too fast, faster than heaven would want. For him to go. Now you don't know what God is holding now. God can hold things just so that maybe we can grow. So that we can grow. So that we can light can come. So that now is it clear to you that this whole world is not fully just moving at the timing of Satan? That should be that should be clear to you. That it's not just Satan just doing his own thing constantly, every time, every day, just no. He doesn't see Satan cannot, he can't do that. Praise God. So, so like this matter is by the decree of the watchers and demand of by the word of the holy ones to so the intent and the living may know 
that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he would, he will, and setteth up over it the he can set the basest of men over the kingdoms of the earth. Praise the Lord. Um, I, don't want, I don't want us to read the whole thing because of time. In verse, if you go down to Praise God. Anyway, you can read the rest yourself. Because you already know the story of what happened there. That everything that Daniel, Daniel interpreted a dream, that he would become like a beast and all that, and then it came to pass as he was speaking. Um, now, I want us to read something. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's go back to the previous dream that he had. Chapter two. <coughs> Let's see. Mm-hmm. 
Praise God. Let's read from uh, verse 31. Amen. So, um, Daniel, Daniel, or this book, there are, there are key visions in the book. In this book, they are the ones visions Daniel saw. There is this first one, which the king himself saw. Um, Nebuchadnezzar himself saw the one that he couldn't, his magicians couldn't interpret, right? So he had to call Daniel to come and interpret that one. But later, Daniel also saw visions too. But Daniel's visions were in the season of different kings. So after Nebuchadnezzar came, the, the kingdoms of Medes and Persia, praise God, in that season, so that was when Darius was king. And then when Cyrus was king, when Darius was king, he also saw a vision. Praise the Lord. And then later, when Cyrus was a king, too, he also, he also had a visitation that was explaining to him things about the vision. So, but all of this vision, the, the point is that, praise God, it's hard to, because these things are lengthy. They, we don't have time to read everything. But all these visions, the keys that the visions of Daniel are all saying the same thing. The vision that the king had, then the visions of Daniel, which interpretation was brought to him. But let's see this first one, um, which Nebuchadnezzar himself had in chapter 2. Praise God. Um, verse, verse 26, and the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, that... Are thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? And Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king had demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers and magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the later days. Thy dream and the visions of thy, of thy head upon thy bed are these, for as for thee, O king, thy thoughts came up into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets, maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me. For any wisdom that I have, I have more than any living. But for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest and beholdest a what? Great image. Praise God. This was the, him, him saying the dream. And um, Inca, please help me read this thing. Okay. Read, read it well, like you are prophesying. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Amen. Um, verse 31. Okay. Thou, O king, sawest. Thou, O king. Sawest and behold a great image. Mm -hmm. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, mm -hmm. stood before thee, mm. and the form thereof was terrible. Mm -hmm. This image head was of fine gold, mm. his breast and his arms of silver, mm -hmm. his belly and his thighs of brass, mm -hmm. his legs of iron, mm -hmm. his feet parts of iron. Mm -hmm and part of clay. Mm -hmm. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, okay. which smote the image upon his feet mm -hmm. that were of iron and clay and mm -hmm. break them to pieces. Yes. 
Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. Mm. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain mm. and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art the king of kings. At for a king sorry. of kings. Thou, O king, mm-hmm. art a king of kings. Mm. For the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, mm-hmm. power, and strength, and glory. Mm-hmm. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, mm. the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven had given into thine hand and had made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this heir of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee and another third kingdom of brass, mm-hmm. which shall be a rule over all the earth. Mm-hmm. And the fourth kingdom shall be, as, shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and mm-hmm. subdueth all things, yes. and as iron that breaketh all this shall break in pieces and bruise. Mm. And whereas thou sowest the feet and toes, parts of potters, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for mm-hmm. as much as thou sowest the, the iron mixed with merry clay. And as, thou, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron mm-hmm. and part of clay, mm-hmm. so the kingdoms shall be partly strong mm. and partly broken. And whereas thou sowest iron mixed with merry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, mm. but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not, mix, is not mixed with clay. Mm-hmm. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to, another, to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of a mountain, out of the mountain, without hands, and, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God had made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, so it's, it's very clear the image here is the image of, um, you saw an image of a great um, statue, right? Um, his head was a held of gold, and he told him that that head is who? Is you, you king. So that was you, kingdom, the king over Babylon. So that, that head represented the kingdom of Babylon. Praise the Lord. And which was pretty much, in essence, that king, his own dominion. Amen. Then he saw in that image from the both hands and the breast was silver. Praise the Lord. And then the, from here down to the thighs was brass, then the feet, the legs were iron, and then the feet was iron mixed with, mixed with clay. Praise the Lord. Now, the, the kingdom, um, he was speaking about the, the 
the, the metamorphosis that will occur or the exchange of dominions that will happen on the earth until the season where the everlasting kingdom of God, praise the Lord, will come. Or is, is showing the, is the metamorphosis of kingdoms on the earth um, that will begin to change. Praise the Lord. Um, and then he will, will now bring, there will be a revelation of another kingdom, the coming of another kingdom that can destroy everything that is more powerful than all the other kingdoms. Praise the Lord. In, in verse 30, praise God. Verse 34, it says, Thou sawest till that, is, that his stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. So when he smote the feet that were of iron, and remember the feet is the last part of this image. But by striking the feet, the whole thing will fall away. That tells you something. Praise God. Now, let's read again. Let's go to where he said, um, where he, sh- he told him that he is the head. Where is it? Okay. No? 38. Verse 38, right? In verse 38, it said, Thou art this head of gold, right? And then verse 39, it said, And after this shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth, and then the fourth kingdom. So he didn't name these kingdoms here, but this kingdom became revealed later on in the book. But it's saying here that the kingdom shall be that will come after thee will be less than thee. And the other one will even be lesser. So the, the kingdoms will begin to decrease until the last one. Praise God. Now, in actuality, the kingdom, the strength of these kingdoms will be decreasing in the natural But the, the strength spiritually will be increasing. Praise God. The strength will be decreasing naturally, but will be increasing where? Spiritually. Now, this decrease in natural strength here, they are speaking of here. He's talking about the ability, the kind of outward dominion that is, that is manifested upon the earth. The outward dominion that is manifested on, in the earth. So if you're going back to kingdoms, kingdoms that have ruled the whole earth, the strongest kingdom that has ever ruled the earth is this Babylonian kingdom of Babylon, the time of Nebuchadnezzar. There has never been any other one kingdom that ruled the earth at any time of history that has been as strong as this kingdom of Babylon. 
or this king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. All right. So what I'm speaking about is natural. So let's say, forget about spiritual things. Let's say you're just looking in the natural. You want to say, what kingdom had this, the, the greatest hold upon the earth? The most sophisticated, the strongest kind of rule. Where everybody, when they know that this man, you know that this man is actually a god on the earth. That it was like a god living on the earth, physically. The strongest of dominions ever was this kingdom. Well, they said that after him, there will be another one who is not as what? Who is weaker. Who is lesser, more inferior. So that it's inferior, being inferior, it's talking about in terms of its, its outward manifestation. The outward manifestation of the kingdom. It will seem as if it's weaker. And this happened after Nebuchadnezzar died. His own son took over. That one was a useless fellow, right? <laughs> then, in the time of his own son, that's when, you know, the Medo-Persian, Medes, the kingdom of Medes and Persia came, and they just took over. Now, that kingdom wasn't as strong as the rule of what? So, the reign of Cyrus, and then the reign of, of, of Darius, and then Cyrus, were not as strong as Nebuchadnezzar. In terms of physical, the, the physical ability to control what men are, the physical ability to drive and, and determine how men are living on the earth. The physical ability to now. Now, the thing with this is as kingdoms the power of kingdoms, physical kingdom and control of the earth get weaker. The reason why it's getting weaker is because spirits are having more direct rule, direct influence over men. The purpose initially for this king is so that he can be a covering, so that through him, spirit can access people. So through him, they're able to use him to access people. So people, when spirits do not have too much of access into men to lead men individually. So they had to raise kings, strong kings. But as the kingdom was getting weaker, as spirits are getting more breakthrough into being able to access men in certain ways, then you find, as they are doing that, they, they weaken kingdoms in the natural. Praise the Lord. So you saw the succession of kingdoms happened, and these things actually happened on the earth. Right. There's the second kingdom. Then the third kingdom is actually the kingdom of Greece, the Grecian kingdom, which came after the Middle Persian kingdom, which was in the physical was even weaker than the Middle Persian kingdom. It was weaker in the physical. In terms of you wouldn't have 
the hold that a king has over people physically was weaker. But what happened is that as that was getting weaker, souls, the ability to access spirits begin to increase on, a, on an individual level. Not just individual level, but also through other channels that are not primarily, doesn't have like a physical throne. Praise God. So then it, 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 will, it will go down to that season of um, iron mixed with clay. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? There's the iron kingdom, which if you check it really is like the Roman rule. Right? That was, the Roman rule was the last fully intact kingdom that ruled over the earth, the Roman Empire was the last intact kingdom, where you saw a kingdom that just ruled everywhere, like that, was the Roman Empire. But they were also, they were very, very, very weak. At that time, when, during the Roman rule, in fact, their own, the time of those emperors of Rome, their method of ruling was dif- different. It wasn't like Nebuchadnezzar, that's like a god. In fact, the way they even rule is that, he doesn't even care, have your own culture, have, do whatever you want, just bring your tax. Right? Praise the Lord. So, so it was different. Where you could, people could give unto Caesar what belonged to Caesar and unto God what belonged to God. In times of Nebuchadnezzar, it wasn't that. Everything had to be. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the, the, that, um, around that Roman time, Roman Empire, Romans, were not, they were not obsessed about the culture of people. They were not obsessed about the daily lives of people. All they cared about is bring your money. Just send all the money to Rome, that's all. You get. So, so it means that the idea of kingdom in natural had been weakened by that time. So it's very clear that at that time, you now find out that other kind of kings will begin to what? Will begin to emerge. king. You now find out that there are people who, even though Caesar was the king of everywhere, but there will be guys who were fellowshipping with spirits at a higher level than Caesar. That on the earth, when you look, you think it's Caesar, but it's not Caesar. That the other kind of guys. Are you getting what I'm saying? So then later, the, at, at the end, the, the, the last image of dominion on the earth that you saw is that era of, of, of iron mixed with clay. It's a mixture. Now, so at that time, you won't have a physical kingdom ruling the earth anymore. That's the season we are living in yes, right now. Even though there will be physical kingdom, so to speak. You have the United Kingdom, you have the Arabians, all of those people. They are, they are kingdoms, but it is, the physical rule has been mixed with clay. Praise God. So, clay means that, that word clay means corruption. Praise the Lord. Uh, it means that when it comes to physically dominating men, Right, there are other people who kept coming to the business, praise the Lord, who are not primarily of the kind of physical, you know, kind of structure you have for dominion. But rather, but those people who have the ability to access spirits, praise the Lord. So, 
In this image, it looks like those are the weakest. But really, that's the strong. How you know that's the strongest is that when you took that one apart, taking that apart can crumble the entire image. Normally, you will feel the stone should land on the head to destroy it. But if, you, if the stone lands on the head, you figure that it can still walk around without a head. Praise the Lord. Um, so, one of the revelations here, this is just one of them, but in the book of Daniel, um, if you have your time, go and read it in your own time. Um, one of the things that you need to understand is how, how, when you speak of dominions on the earth, now, how is it operating? Praise God. So, it's the kings, physical kings, now, have they stopped using physical men as kings? No, they will never stop. Physical men will, will always be channels. Even when until Antichrist comes. Praise the Lord. Even till, you see it, even till the world to come, those kings of the earth are still going to be men. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in this season, it's not the way you see. Every time you see a dominion, wow, this is the kingdom of this. No, that's not really a dominion. Right. You now find out the kings who are on the earth who are able to push, give men access into spiritual dominion, spiritual thought, thoughts of spirits. Many of them are just average, normal people. But they're just normal people who have been invested, who they found way to, to drink. Right. He found a way to drink deeply, to drink deeply into the spirit of the world. And then those people are people who are able to now, they're able to define life. So look at the life that everybody's living on the earth now. Is it the Queen of England who defined it? Right. What, how men live? What they do? Are they copying her? Or this is the Queen or the kingdom or king of Saudi Arabia? They're not King Fahad or what's his name. That's not who men are copying. But on the earth, there are kings on the earth who are mightier than they, who are the ones who define what is life, how should life be defined, who make men think the way they do. Praise the Lord. So now those people are in true fellowship with spirits. That's how they're able to do that. Amen. Now, one of the, the, the senses, the eyes that Christians will need to have is be able to discern sin. And no, out of everything you are doing, which, which of those things came from channels of people who are fellowshiped with spirits? How much of what you've accepted to be life, things that are important, things that are expedient, where did the definition of those things come from? Who are the ones defining life? Who are the ones who define what's in vogue? How should a young person live their life? Oh, what should marriage look like? What's the image of marriage? What's the role of a man in marriage now? What's the role of a woman in marriage now? How should a man relate to a woman? Who are defining those things? Is it the government? No. 
Is it the king? No. But there are kings who are defining those things. What is the man's acceptable role in society? What is the role of a young person? Are you thinking all this? These are the things that matter, things of our life. When you check your life, you see we are living our life according to patterns. But you see those patterns, we don't call them sin. What we call sin is fornication, masturbation, and that's what, but we don't, we're not able to see because the dominions are hidden from our soul. So the strength of the revelation of the New Testament is to raise stamina, ability in people to deny the life, the law, the dictates that of the definition of life that has been pushed from thrones in the spirit. Many of us don't have the strength to deny it. Is it, is it, can you say that you have the, that you can live beyond the, the lens of what the world calls life? Like let's say at your age now, how do guys at your age measure themselves? How do ladies at your age measure themselves? Are you free from it? That's what they call sin. That is sin. The one that doesn't feel like you are sinning, those. It is because it's life. It, because it, it aligns with how the life is defined on the earth. Where it's coming from is far. That's why you can't just flick it away. No, I'm not doing you anymore. You see, we've traced it. You've seen where this thing started from, evolution. Throughout all these things, is the progressive definition of what man should live, how man should be, how man should be, how man should be. When one kingdom comes, they will make the what the other one said. Part of it outdated. Pick the key ingredient and add to it. Move it forward. Evolve it. Praise the Lord. Everlasting life will not open up to souls who are not free yet. you must have gained the first freedom. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't have time anymore. Thank you, Father. God wants to raise is strong people, right? People who, are, who, don't, just, who don't just give in to, to, what, to the life that is prescribed to them, right? Because they are able to, people who are able to live circumspectly in terms of, they can wake up another judgment, who are able to have the stamina, the wisdom, the courage to fetch judgment, to, to allow another light to beam on their life, how you are living, subject it Bring it under the judgment of another throne. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? The truth is that everybody is fetching life from his, from his spirit, from a throne. You are living, nobody's living their own life. Nobody invented life. Spirits are the ones who are giving men life to live. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord will help us. The Lord will give us strength.
um, analysis on Wednesday to Saturday. Praise God. So we're not meeting on Wednesday this week. We'll meet on Monday operate by God's grace um, for, to begin prayers for the school of the spirit. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We worship your name. Thank you for your light. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for, for grace given to us. We bless your holy name. We ask that you will help us, Lord, to um, make progress, Lord, as you give us a feast this week. I pray that every heart will find the grace and the ability to drink out of your waters. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.